Welcome to Rome Christian Center. We are so glad that you are with us here today. If you are local to the Rome, New York area, we would like to invite you to join us 10 a.m. and again at 6 p.m. on Sundays. We are located at 7985 Turin Road in Rome, New York. Let's join the service as we believe God has something in store for you today. It's going to start first, so she's coming up, but I might just say a thing or two before she takes over. And the Holy Spirit. How many just felt like the Lord moving in a mighty way? Uh, when I was prophesying to some of the people, I could not believe the things God was giving me. And I want to just tell you this. This is a 23 is a year of transition. I believe it's a year of change. And it's a year to align because I feel this. There's coming such a rumbling as we go toward 24. And I'm not talking about anything election. I'm talking about God's selection of a time. Because when I think of 24, I think of 24 elders. I think about the throne of God. And God is positioning the body of Christ to come into a different dynamic. And I want to just give you this scripture because I may not get up again after I give this to my wife. But I want to give you two scriptures. How many of you are ready to go to another level? And, and so in it, for you to go to another level, the level has to change inside of you. If you don't let new come inside of you, and I put you, if you take your old into the new, in six months, you'll turn your new opportunity into old. But if I can put new inside of you prophetically, the Lord, but I'm saying I speak it. How many, I'm going to just, you understand this. Why did they call Moses a deliverer? Because God was a deliverer. And when Moses became a deliverer, he revealed God a deliverer, but God revealed Moses that he was a deliverer to the people, but yet it was God. Now, if you understand that after I said it, you're doing better than me, I said it, but I still don't get it. But I will tell you this, God will not do anything without you. And you will not do anything without him. I can do nothing without him. I can do all things through him. And what God wants to do is he wants to use you to display part of who he is to someone else. But some of you have such negative mindsets, the devil don't even have to work on you because you've cut yourself out, but the father's cutting you in. And actually, some of you, God's going to look in the face and say, I don't agree with you until you think about yourself like, like I think about you we can't go the places I have planned. Now, as a kid, I always liked it when my father came out of the woods. When it was raining, he was a logger. I was going to take over his business because when there was too much rain, that meant we were going to Florida <laughs> in the middle of school. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when it rained, I knew good things were coming. But I'm telling you, there's a rain from heaven that means good things are coming. In California, they had an impossible drought that was just broken in a week. They went from, we won't have enough water, it'll never work, to, uh, we were good. We went from, and some people may not understand this, but when you saw in the NFL everybody taking a knee, 
we never believed they would take knees to pray for somebody. And on the news, they would pray for people. And we have the NFL leading the revival that's coming to earth through the Buffalo Bills. And as an Eagle fan, I must celebrate what they... But see, a, a football player that almost died gave everybody permission to get on their knees and for them to record it and pray to Jesus Christ for healing. And we thought it was going to come through a healing, a healer anointing, and it came through the Not For Long Network. That's the NFL. <laughs> Not For Long. because you know, you, And it's the most violent sport. Out of the most violent sport is coming violent prayers, and they're believing God for miracles. Wake up, people. Something shifting. And, and don't just look at the negative. Now, this is the part I want to give to you, and then I'm going to have my wife come up about transition. When David went up to Judah, that was the place of praise, he was anointed first. Well, actually, Samuel anointed him as a king when he was a youth. Then when he went up to Judah, he was anointed. These are transitional times. Some of you are going up to Judah right now, but there comes a time when Israel comes down and they anoint you and they bring you up. All of these I could preach sermons on, but if you're in the right revelation, you'll understand what I'm saying. The one anointing prepares you, changes the way you think, like a, a, a young man. What's your name again, David? David, I thought so. I read the book about you, David. And I remember anointing him young, but I'm going to tell you something. That anointing on him as a young man prepared him to go up to Judah, but when he went up to Judah because he asked God, that's a place of praise, then Israel came down to him and anointed. It's one thing when you present yourself and people receive you. It's another thing when people come looking for you. Yes. Did you just hear what I said? Some of you have had gone from being overlooked by your father, yet chosen by God. That's Samuel anointing, the beginning. The second one is you go up and people receive you in your own tribe. But I'm telling you, some of you, you're about to be People are coming to look for you to take you to the next level. And this is actually happening in our life. Uh, I cannot even tell you the stories, huh? I can't tell the stories, but because some of this just, you know, if you talk about it, it actually can, you know, it, you know it's like you're, it's, you're caught up with, with who you're meeting. It's not that. It's what God's doing. And we're having people come to us, take us up. Now, these are the two scriptures. Then I'm going to have my wife come up. And, the, and so this is the part I want to give you, and then I'm going to stop. So in 2 Samuel uh, 5, I wrote a book, and, and we don't even have it. They're in the back, and David perceived he was king. If you've not read it, you need to read it to transition. And it says, so David knew the Lord, perceived the Lord had established him as king over Israel, <clears throat> and, it, <clears throat> and it exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. God will never anoint you just to prove who you are. He anoints you to help somebody else. But if you don't know who you are, you can't help them. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Okay, so what happens, verse 17, that's five verses later. <clears throat> now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. When you get anointed the second time, the devil comes after you. Some of you didn't know that. See, if you worship in the wilderness, you get the privilege of facing the giants. Isn't that exciting? 
It takes a giant, it takes a Goliath to reveal a David. Somebody said, I'm not so sure. I might just worship a little less. Let them go first. So what happens? David's anointed the second time. The Philistines come after him. I'm going to give you this scripture. I've never preached this before, but it's, it's in my devotions, in my reading, in my next book I'm going to write. And it says that after God said to David, I'm going to establish your house. In 2 Samuel 7, it says, he said, I'm going to give you, David, a house that lasts forever. In the next chapter, it says, after this came to pass, David attacked the Philistines. When David was overlooked and anointed, his brothers put him down. When he went up to Judah, he was received. When he was anointed the third time, that's when Israel came and brought him up, and the Philistines came against him. Are you with me? Actually, if you want to think about it, at Judah, the house of Saul came against him. But at the third level, now you have to be, Ned will explain this after I leave. At the third level, that's when the enemy came after him. But after God told him that I'm going to build you a house that stands forever, that's when David went after the enemy. Not people, the enemy. I'm telling you, I've been overlooked. I've been attacked by the house of Saul. I've been anointed and had the Philistines come against me. Are you with me? I've been chosen, but God has spoken something to me, and now I'm attacking the enemy. These are transitions. So you say, how does that work out? Well, like today, when I forgot my shaver because our, our bedroom is, we had our, our feet, our, our feet, yeah. The heat failed Christmas Eve. It's a Christmas I'll never forget. And we had borrowing heaters from all of our friends at midnight, <laughs> Christmas Eve. But what I'm saying is, so our, our bedroom is all in shambles. It's being fixed right now. So I didn't bring a shaver, so I had to go down to the hotel and ask for shaving cream and a razor. So I just met these two women. I said, you know, you're being so good to me. I'm going to give you one of my books, each of our books, you know. And uh, we have them on there for sale. But, but see, wherever we go, we're releasing the presence of God. We're loving people. That is attacking the enemy. Loving people, believing for deliverance. Because, see, when you love somebody the devil hates, you're attacking the enemy by loving them. Now, you bind the devil but you love people, watch what God does. And you know, they were so happy to read the book and I didn't even ask them if they were saved. I, I mean, sometimes I do that. I just, I just bless them. I'm telling you, we're going to bless people into their future. And so I'm going to ask my wife to come up. How many of you are ready to go to that next level where you start attacking the enemy and not just trying to overcome the attack? Okay, that's where we're at. We're going there. Amen. I'm so excited to be here with Pastors Ned and Sue. Aren't they awesome pastors? I love you guys. You're amazing. And their whole family, they're so loving. I love their family. I would adopt every one of them, even the grandchildren. <laughs> Amen. So how many of you know um, when a wife, or when a, yeah, it should be a wife, having a baby, the baby has to transition before it gets birth. And in that transitioning place, it's very uncomfortable. And I want to speak to you about transition and I can't help come to Rome and remember the goodness of God I was telling Dale um, I lived in Lancaster PA and I was married to another man 
and um, I have two boys. And in that time, he got a phone call to get a job in upstate New York. And I told him, I don't want to go back to the cold weather. I'm not going back. And I go, let's pray and ask God. So it's about the only time he ever agreed to pray with me. So that ought to give you a hint of who I was married to. Anyway, we prayed and asked the Lord, should we go to New York? And right after he went to work, he called me and said, hey, they just offered me a better position here. We're staying. And we were so excited. But guess what? God shut that door. He shut that door and he said, no, you're going to upstate New York. For two days, we thought we were staying. But just like that, the Lord shut that door. And I said to my husband today, Dale, I said, if God wanted to shut that door, I would have never been delivered how God delivered me from abuse. And it happened, um, I was in a very religious church, the Catholic church, and all I knew is religion. And I had such a religious mindset. And I thought everything that was wrong with me was my fault. And it wasn't. And I went to Mount Zion, and um, Pastor Lon Dean, many of you know Pastor Lon, but he sat me down, and he took me through deliverance of abuse. And I'll never forget, I went home the next, or that night, and I looked at my husband's face, and I stared at him, and I said, you will never abuse me again. Do you understand? I am free from abuse, and you will never abuse me again. Well, how many of you know when you get married, you marry a familiar spirit? You might not know that until you're saved, but you will marry a familiar spirit. Because I was abused as a child, that abuse was all over me. And when I get, I walked into a bar and I met him and I walked right up to him. So what I did is I connected to that familiar spirit. But I thank God that he set me free in New York. And if I didn't come to New York, I just wonder where I would be today. But God so transitioned my life. But as soon as I was set free, he left with another woman. And I find it interesting because I joined Mount Zion. And Frank, I was thinking about you. Frank Malachi and his family were in foundations. And my son Matthew and I, I think you guys sat behind us. And we took foundations together. But you never know how God will bring a friendship and a relationship through a, situ a hard situation. And um, we met Frank and um, just fell in love with him. What He reminds me of like so kindred brother in Christ to me. Our DNA, I think, is like 100%. But in that place, we went to Brazil. He came home from Brazil. He was on fire and crazy and miracles in his hand, and anybody that knows Frank knows he's crazy with the fire of God, and he believes God for anything. Well, he said, Luann, you got to go to Brazil. You got to go to Brazil. Well, in the meantime, my husband leaves me, and when he leaves me, he leaves me with nothing. First, it was um, he's leaving. Then he's um, he repossessed my car, foreclosed on my house. He bankrupted. He did everything he could because the enemy used him to try to destroy me. But guess what it did? It made me who I am. And, you know, we think our husbands provide for us. They don't provide for us. God provides every need. And do you know when I went to Brazil, 
I had just lost my mom. And in the time, my house was taken, my car was taken, my husband was gone, and I had no money, and God provided a place for me to live, and everything that I was in need of. Then at Mount Zion, he started having people write out checks and walk up to me and say, here, God told me to give you this. Here, God told me to give you this. Here, God told me to give you this. Ended up with $2,800. And um, one person said, I don't know what it's for. Just ask the Lord. And I heard the Lord say, you're going to Brazil. I go, yeah, right, God. Here we are. We don't see things God's way. We see it in our own circumstance. But God had a plan to send me to Brazil. And when I went to Brazil, I'll never forget this. And Frank, when you were laying on the floor, I thought about this. Randy said, For those who have any sin in your life, you need to repent now because you're going to feel water fall on you. And when you do, it's the Lord touching you and you need to come up front. The auditorium, there was no ceiling in it. It was 3,000 people. And I believe Frank and I were the only ones that got touched. I was on this side, Frank was on that side. And I looked up at the altar and Randy saying, don't make fun of them because when we fall, we go into the fire, which is this. And I remember looking over there going, oh my God, that's Frank. Oh my God, here I am on the floor. And we got so touched, so radically saved. I had a vision and in the vision, I saw dirt and I saw the dirt bones come out of the dirt. Those bones formed flesh and that flesh came alive. And I woke up and I heard the Lord say to me, you're going to raise the dead. And in that place, how many of you say the Bible says we will? Whatever Jesus did, we're going to do. So you have to believe it to receive it. Well, I believed it. I was that crazy. I believed it. Well, in that place, I got so on fire and so touched by God. I said, God, I don't know what is going on, but through all my loss, there must be a call on my life. I wouldn't have picked me. I told Dale, I said, I can't believe God picked me out of my family, out of somebody who never went to ministry school, somebody who wasn't even in ministry, to this is the first pulpit that I preached at and gave my testimony about abuse. And I saw so many people get free on this floor. But you know, in your circumstances of transition, You don't know where you're going, but it's going to be so much better than where you're at. And in that place, it doesn't feel good. And I told Dale today, in transition, it says sit. And sit means wait upon the Lord. And that's hard when you're transitioning is to just wait and relax on the Lord. Amen? But I want to tell you how I transitioned out of New York. And when I transitioned out of New York, what God did to me. But now God's calling us to do another one. But one day I had a dream. And in the dream, God said, you're moving to Delaware. And I woke up and I go, Delaware? And um, there was a prophet that called me. And I turned over and I answered my phone. He goes, Louie, I just had a dream. You're moving to Delaware. And I stood up, and it was Rick Sodmont. Most of you know who Rick is. And I started shaking. And I go, God, here I am again. How do I move to Delaware? I clean houses. All my money income is in in here, in New York. How am I going to 
take my clients to New York, I'm already talking to God like he, <laughs> he doesn't know, you know? And I said, God, I can't take my clients with me. All my finances are here. I have no money saved up. I just got enough to get an apartment and get furniture and get what I was in need of. And he said, you're moving to Delaware. And I just could not comprehend that. And I walked around my bed, and this is when the fear of God hit me. He said, get the book out from under your bed. There was a little book this big, and it was called The Story of Jonah. And God said, are you going to be like Jonah and not go where I tell you to go? Oh, baby. I already saw God do miracle after miracle in my life. But this place was very fearful. But... God is with us. And I opened my bedroom door, and Matthew and I had an apartment in Clinton, New York. And he looked at me. He goes, Mom, what's going on? It's like the glory of God's all over you. Mom, you're scaring me. What's going on? I said, Matthew, you're not going to believe this. But God just told me I'm moving to Delaware. And he got so angry. And how many of you know your first test is to the closest person you love? He said, no, no, mom, that's not God. That's the devil. The devil took dad away from me, and he's not taking you away from me. And do you know, that was the hardest thing I think I had gone through from my divorce is knowing I would have to separate from someone I loved. My oldest son was in college. He had been away for four years, so I was used to him being away from me. But I'm thinking, God, you're calling me alone and you know, when God called Abraham, he said, leave the family behind. So I had to trust God like never before. I couldn't see it. I just had to believe it. And I'll never forget the day when I got in my Jeep. And I even had a lot of different people tell me, no, that's not God. What do you think you're doing? Are you crazy? Because what you're going to do looks crazy. But if it's God, you have to do it. And what God's telling Dale and I to do now, it sounds crazy, but we had to do it. So as I went to Delaware, I was in a church on inner city, and I was trained to work under underprivileged kids. Prostitutes would come in, drug addicts, Muslim. I saw God's hand in this church move like crazy. And then God called me out of the church, and he said, I want you to go to Dover Destiny. And I never knew Dale. I never met Dale. But I walked into the church, and I met him at the altar. And how many of you know, I waited seven years to get married. And sometimes it is a wait, but when it's done, it is worth it. So I met him at the altar, and I just said, could you please prophesy over me? But Dale was more interested in how old I was. Because <laughs> I'm a lot older than I look. <laughs> and I remember... Stop it. <laughs> but when I was at the altar, he started prophesying over everything that I had gone through. But within, I think it was a month, we knew that we were going to get married. And we got married, and we do ministry. We had a church called Destiny Christian Church. But Dale and I have been all over the world. That's why he took me to Brazil. I didn't realize I was going to be a traveler. We've been to probably... 15 nations we've been anywhere from north to south to east to west we've traveled over churches in almost every state and we pastored a church but just recently I've 
did a huge birthday party for Dale, and I celebrated. It's important to honor those people. And I honored his 70th birthday, but honoring 40 years of pastoring. And he had this huge party. But then he said to me, I really feel like God's speaking to me that I'm to lay the church down. And I said, whatever God is telling you, you know, I'm not stopping you. And it was within two weeks, we go down to CI and we meet with Sharon Stone. How many of you know Prophet Sharon Stone? She's amazing. And not the actor, but the prophet. She's been a prophet in Dale's life. Look at the time, 11-11, double transition. Anyway, um, she started prophesying to us, and this is what she says. Dale, I see you selling the building, and you're not to hand it over to someone else because you are a success. And if you hand it over to someone else, it will fail. God said, sell the building and take the work to Nashville. Oh, my gosh. Lord, don't you know I just moved in another house one year ago? We just moved. We just flipped this house. Everything's flipped just the way I wanted. I put hardwood floor in the last um, living room, and the person um, said to me, he said, I'll bet you you guys are getting ready to move again because you're all done with the house. And I was like, why did he say that? But I would have never dreamt what God is calling us to do. He's not calling us to pastor a church. He's calling us to go to Nashville to minister to the world. And in the world, we have already been ministering. This guy is a Christian, Danny Goki. How many of you know Danny Goki? And um, then he just got a call about ministering to Carrie Job. And we are ministering to business leaders, but these are not just wealthy people these are very wealthy people but these are people that cannot get to church on Sunday that need ministered to because a lot of them travel on weekends so the Lord is sending us to Nashville to minister to those kind of people and who would have ever believed it yeah And in it, it's not about people that just have financial ability. It's about people that want to shift this nation. And, but they need a prophet and a father to speak to them, to direct them. Because without a prophet, a nation cannot shift. And so I'm going to spend time ministering to pastors to shift the way they see what they do. I want to take time through this one man who has all these different people, well-known worship artists, that he's going to open up a door so they can sing at a different level of revelation. Also, prophetically, I feel like God's challenging me to help them break out of just a Christian circle to hit into the secular without compromising anything they are. Because there's nobody prophetically that, will, that knows how to navigate. Because normally what happens is the world swallows them up instead of them swallowing up the world. So, see, that's the part where I'm not hiding from the Philistines. I'm attacking them. 
And I'm going to get these people that have money to open up doors for people to start shifting uh, the way we do things because, and then help helping pastors to come into another level of security to know how to envision the people that set in the seats and business people to do kingdom business. And, you know, this is the part. There's nothing wrong. Uh, how many of you realize, and I just want to be clear about this, there are churches that are at kindergartens, yeah. high school, middle school, college. Just because you graduate from college does not give you the right to burn up a kindergarten school. I'm not trying to burn up anything. See, that's where we make mistakes. I'm trying to elevate to another kingdom level. I'm not putting down what's been doing, but there are certain people that will, and listen, literally our nation is changed by a handful of people who take leadership authority, who have influence. People that pray for the political leaders. People that have open doors. I believe, and I want you to think about this, while all of Israel was being judged for worshiping other gods, Daniel emerged and affected four kingdoms. Does that, you follow what I'm saying? So what I'm looking for is not to be the Daniel, maybe I could be, I want to find the Daniels and Esthers and help them stand up. Yes. See, in other words, I want to come alongside of them as a prophet, as a wisdom, somebody standing in the background. I will tell you this, if your face has to be on every victory, you're going to be limited. But if you can coach other people into their greatness... Are you with me? See, that's, now that's my call. In the transition, all of you are transitioning, but some of you are not moving geographically. But I'll tell you, everything between your ears is moving. Everything in your spirit is moving. You're seeing yourself at a different level that actually agrees with heaven so you can have authority over hell because some people need hell broken off of their life. I believe this, that God's going to give strategies to help do what the world can't, that we can actually come up with things that will bring down the suicide rate. Yes. The world does not have an answer. But I believe the church, we have to get outside of Christian counseling and start influencing in the world with the light we have in ways that, that God has to give us strategic wisdom. <clears throat> and this is a part I will say. I don't care what you say to a person. I don't care what you sing, but you can never sing a lie. You can only sing truth. That gives you a lot of room, doesn't it? We have more truth. Lies are very narrow because it's not that creative. Truth is like a tree of life. And I believe that there's something we have to give to the world that's going to bring life to them. So how many of you are ready for transition? I just want to share something else. So when we said, okay, we're going to transition, be careful because all hell breaks loose. So as we made the announcement that we were transitioning, my husband gets um, pain in his heart and he ends up in a hospital and has two stents in the balloon um, put in. And he had a dream that the enemy was attacking him. I'll, I'll let you have that in a minute. That the enemy was going to attack him in that area, but it really did. And I'm in Virginia Beach, and we're going across the Chesapeake Bay Bridge, and he 
he gets a call that the doctor can see him. So after we're over the bridge, we have to turn around and go back over it again to go to the hospital. But that happened. And um, then... Let me, let me say something on that. Because God gave me a dream. And in the dream, I stepped into what I thought was the elevator. I was actually looking for the mantle for my next season. I feel this. What happens to a prophet is what happens to you. Okay? So I want to break this down. In the dream, I knew I was looking for my mantle for the next season, not as a pastor, because as a prophet to the nation and nations. And, and see, that's an identity shift with an assignment shift. Okay, does that make sense? So in it, I'm looking at all these mantles. There's dust from 9-11 over all of it. So I say, I have to go up to another level because <clears throat> the mantle is not in this floor. I go to step into what looks like an elevator, but it's a tomb, and when the door closes up, as I'm stepping in, I recognize two men of God, and they're both dead. And as I step in the elevator, it's a tomb, and it closes in on me, and I feel a spirit of death come over me. And three weeks later, I step in an elevator, and I'm going to speak, and I feel the spirit of death come over me. They had orange matting in the elevator, which reminded me of the tomb dream. And I felt my head and my heart, that I'm going somewhere, Two other weekends, I'm, in, I'm out in Dallas. I step in the elevator. It hits me again, not real hard. But then I'm in Virginia Beach. I said, honey, something's wrong. <clears throat> now, everybody say something's wrong. Okay. Think about that. I said it for me, but I will tell you with each of you, there's something wrong that God wants to change in your heart. That it's okay for the, if you keep on at the same level, but if you want to go to the next level, something's wrong, you need to upgrade. Is, is that okay? I'm going first. So in it, I said, there's something wrong, and I need to get this checked out, or I think I could meet Jesus quicker than he plans. Some of you, your obedience, being in the will of God is the most dangerous place to the untrained eye, but it's the most defended by heaven. Okay? So in it, when we had the doctor, you know, you just don't see a heart doctor right away. But on Sunday, Bishop Ann said, I'll call my heart doctor, see if he can see you on Monday. He said, come in. We, my wife said, let's go in now. He comes in at 1. We go in and fill the paperwork out at 12. The whole place is packed out with people. He calls me in first, puts me through, does two tests. He said, Dale... I can't, you look like you're okay, but there's only one way to do a heart catheterization. He calls up the hospital. They said, we can put him at the end of Friday. He said, I need it this Wednesday. He gets me in within 48 hours. I'm in there. He goes inside. Back of my heart was 95% blocked right beneath the widow maker. And as God opened up my heart, God said to me this. I'm opening up the flow of my life through your heart. Now, some of you need to receive this. There's part of your heart that may be blocked concerning your future. Would you allow God to open it up that his blood can flow through, that his life would give you another level of purpose? And then that <clears throat> I had a vision that I was at this level and there was all these mantles in front of me. And I was waiting for God to give me one. And the Lord said to me, he said, Dale, you're not a novice. You can pick up what you want. If you have the faith to pick it up, I will honor your faith. 
Now, you may not be at the level that, I mean, I've been 40 years a pastor. He never told me that before. But I will tell you this. There are maybe not as many mantles, but I'll tell you, every person in here has a right to pick up a mantle they've never picked up before. I just had the privilege of selecting more. And I felt like it was concerning nations. This last year, our books have gone into four more different languages. We have invitations from Germany, Romania, Korea, uh, Brazil, that are because of the language of the books. Or do you understand what I'm saying? We've done the work to prepare. But I would like everyone to say this. Father God, unblock my heart. Something that's wrong for my new season. It's okay for this season. But I need new blood flow in my heart for the next level. So I want to say this to you, body of Christ. Welcome to the next level. Welcome to a new blood flow through your heart. Welcome to a new strength. Welcome to visions the Father's always had that you've never had. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry, and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.